You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Chapter 4, and uh, Brother Chester, I just thought I saw you there. Where are you at, folks? I'm so, sorry you're way back there tonight, but I've looked for you. We're glad your vision is from Ohio today. And um, Brother Francis, you and Brenda, wherever you there you are from Texas. We're glad you're visiting as well. Uh, we um, normally don't stand up and down. I did that purposely tonight, get you sort of stand with it, but I wonder if you could stand with me. Uh, one more time, John chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 1 through 6, John chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. Let's pause at the commons and semicolons and periods, whatever's there. Let's stay together. We'll begin in verse 1, John 4, 1 through 6. Ready, begin. When therefore the Lord knew... says that uh, Jacob's, Jacob gave to his son in verse 5. It's an amazing story. And then we find that Jacob's well was there and Jesus wearied, sat on the well. Jacob was 2,000 years before Jesus. Now you think of that. Jacob was 2,000 years minimum before Jesus and it's still producing I want to talk to you for a few moments as I preach God's word on the subject of heritage tonight heritage means you pass something down and here's a man by the name of Jacob did a lot of wrong things in his life he ripped his brother off two different occasions his name means conniver or our, our, our schemer. And God one night got them all alone on the other side of the brook and they wrestled. He wrestled all night long with God. And when he finally came to his end, you'll read that account in the book of Genesis. He keeps telling God all these excuses and finally God said again, what is thy name? And he finally admitted, he said one word, Jacob. I'm a schemer. I'm a conniver. Now, don't feel bad if your name is Jacob. Jack is a derivative of Jacob. So Jack can be a good name, and Jacob is a good name. And I had a grandfather, Jacob, that I never saw. I want you to know that Jacob finally said, my name's Jacob, I'm the conniver. But God said, your name now is going to be Israel. 
something very special about you, Jacob. And so tonight we see that Jacob gave to his children and had been taking care of his kids for many years. Father, we're all passing down something. We're passing down a heritage, a tradition. I pray that tonight you would speak to my heart anew and afresh from this text that you've spoken to me so many times in the last many years, and especially the last week or two as I look at this text, like the woman at the well. Here was a lady whose life, God, you know, you wrote it, life was all in turmoil. She had already had five husbands, and the man she was living with was not hers. She was living in adultery. God, when you came to her, everything changed. Help us to learn from this woman and learn from Jacob and his well in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As you see it tonight, I bring emphasis upon Jacob's well was there. Verse 6. Now Jacob's well was there. Jacob's well from over 2,000 years ago was there. If you're gonna if you're gonna hand something down to your kids, make it more than money. They'll probably just argue over the money anyway. Make it more than money. Make it something of value. Jacob, he said, I want to give my kids something. And he passed down to his children a well. A well in the Middle East is anywhere, it's very important, but in that Middle East country, it is so vitally important that you have a well to bring refreshment and bring energy and bring strength and bring actual, actually nourishment to your body, to your family. Can't live without water, especially in that region of the world. And Jacob said, I'm gonna give my family a well. Several things about the well I wanna bring to your attention tonight. If you're gonna have a good well, I don't know much about digging a well. My uncle who built the other building on Clyde Avenue, he was building up here on these hills many years ago, about 40 some years ago. And he built a beautiful, beautiful home. But to get water, he had to look for the right vein. And they found a vein. And that vein has been supplying that house for 45 years now. I want to say, if you're going to give your kids something, you're going to have to dig at the right area. You just cannot dig haphazardly. You cannot say, well, I think I'm going to dig here. No, you dig in the right place. I want to tell you where the right place is. The New Testament local church. You can't, you can't give your, your kids something if you don't dig at the right place. I watched people, I watched them this morning leave out of here, people I love dearly, and I thought to myself, I wonder, will you be back tonight? You used to be back tonight, but at nighttime. You used to be in this thing. Will you be back tonight? Every person needs to be at the right place. You gotta keep digging at the right place. And as they walked out, and as I saw them leave today, I said, dear God, I hope they'll be back. I've watched and I've scanned the crowd and I looked tonight where people were seated this morning that I can tell you their names if you wanted to. Not, I would not do that. And I thought, they're not here. You know, their children need this place tonight. This is the right place to dig. You can't go to the bar to dig. You can't go to the movie house on Sunday night to dig. 
You won't have a good well that reaches the right vein. It has to hit a vein. It's got to be the right place. Jesus gave his life for the church. I'm tired of God's people thinking the church is optional. So much the more as you see the day approaching. Sunday school, praise God for Sunday school. Sunday morning, praise God for Sunday morning. Sunday night, Wednesday night, get at the right place all the time. You know, I thank God for what the church has done in my life. Anything of any good came to me from the New Testament local church. Well, I know churches have hypocrites. That's why you're a member. And that's why I'm a member. We're not perfect. Church is like a hospital. You come to get healed. You come to get strength. You come to get nourishment. You come to get your antibiotics. You come to get your vitamins, whatever it might be. But you come to the house of God. And the house of God, people that criticize the house, well, you have all this criticism. It's not the church you're battling with. You're battling with God. Jesus gave his life for the church. He saw the church. He established the church, Matthew chapter 11, as he began to call out his disciples unto him. And as he called them unto himself, because it's an ecclesia, a Greek word means to call out, call out of this world into a place. And he called out the church. 18 times in the New Testament it's mentioned. And these books in the Bible in the New Testament are written to the church. The churches, then it's written to the preachers. I want to say the right place is the church. All the good that's happened. That wonderful night. That glorious night. That Sunday night. Standing next to my father. And my mother was next to him. And my sisters were next to them. 1956. We sing, I saw the light. When I saw the light that night. I'm not talking about lights were going off. I'm talking about the light of the world is Jesus. I recall standing next to my dad. Didn't walk out. The first stanza's too nervous. When I walked out and began to go down that aisle, 1956, at the New Testament local church, Calvary Baptist Church, my life was changed. And I bowed my knee and asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior. That day when I followed the Lord, 1959, three years later, I know I should have been baptized sooner, but Dr. John R. Seaman's outside took me outside into the baptistry of our church and I walked down outside and I was baptized, identified with the church. I'm glad God gave me the church. I'm glad mother and dad took me to Garfield Avenue Church in Wisconsin, in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And from Garfield Avenue, I'm glad that God brought me to Calvary Baptist Church. And I'm so thankful what God did in my life at church. I was saved at church. I was baptized at church. God began to tug on my heart. And in 1969, I surrendered to go to Bible because from my New Testament local church, I started finding a girl in the church and I put my eye on her. I dated her and married her. 1972, I want to tell you something. It happened at church. God called me to preach at church. God thrust me in the ministry at church. We held three babies in this church and I dedicated them to God and dedicated my wife and myself to the work of God as we do every December for the new babies and the parents at church. Our kids are called of God to serve him. Two boys are preaching. One's the principal of a Christian school at church. None of that would have happened at the tavern. None of that would have happened at the bar. None of that would have happened at a stadium today. 
None of that would have happened at a disco if that's even a thing they still do, I don't know. None of that would have happened at some dance hall tonight. It happened at church. I'm saying tonight, I'm so very grateful it's the right vein. There's water there. There's nourishment there. Thank God for the church. And with the right place is not only the church, but your home. Your home. And your home and your church ought to be like a hand in a glove. What you do at church is what you should be doing at home. We look at such inconsistency. At church, we're this way, and at home, we're a different way. That's in, it's, and our kids see that. You're not going to be handing down anything. It has to mirror home and church mirror. And thank God this place has a Christian school, and the home and the church and the school ought to mirror one another. I love you people more than life. I, I love you so much. I want to be everything I can for you. But I want to say in that Christian school, stop pushing. You're trying to change it on us. Stop pushing. You say, well, what do you believe? Read the handbook. You know what I believe. You know what this church, and for 41 years, the school has believed it since 1977. Stop pushing it. I pulled up the other day to pick up my grandkids, and I watched parents coming not looking like their kids are supposed to look to go to school. That's going to destroy us, ladies and gentlemen. You may not like it. You may not agree with it. You might think Trevor's a nut. Can't wait till the old guy dies so we can get somebody in here that's up to date. You can get them up to date, but you're not going to fill this place. God rewards consistency. Don't change this thing. Your kids are doing well, right? It's mom and dad that are trying to test the waters a lot of times. Help me here. I'm trying to do this. And I know, say, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't like this school now. I don't like all this business. Go ahead. Throw it away, but you won't have Jacob's well there. Jacob's well was there. I thank God when we can dig at the right place, you leave a heritage. Don't settle for second best. I notice secondly, verse 11, the woman said to him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. And the well is, what's the word? It's deep. You dig at the right place and you dig the right depth. He paid a price. Brother Fenera, can you imagine that eastern heat, what it might be like in that desert, digging in that hot east desert? And you go down five feet, you go down 10 feet and you keep going down in the heat of that, that day. He, he went down deep enough that he found the vein and he just kept digging and digging and digging and digging. That's consistency. That, that's effort. That, that's saying that, that uh, I'm willing to pay the price. Mothers and dads, I beg you to pay the price for your kids. May I beg you, please, for your marriage to pay the price. May I beg you tonight to realize that you're going to have to dig deep. Your marriage can't be just surface. Your home just can't be surface. Your church cannot just be surface. It's got to be deep. I mentioned in passing the day, I know I know we're experiencing some of the greatest days of my life in this church. I know that. 
Souls getting saved, people following the Lord and believers' baptism. Buses are filled and the place is packed and the things are going, the schools are going so amazing and the radio's expanding and the live stream is amazing what God is doing around the globe and the publications, what's being produced and it's just an amazing thing what God is doing. But I've never heard in my born day these last many years more people wanting to quit everything All you people that turn a certain age, you want to retire from teaching Sunday school. What's wrong with you? That's a violation of Titus chapter 2. You're an ancient person. You finally have something to say. You, like I might, all of a sudden start repeating ourselves 10,000 times in the same sentence. I'll lovingly come to you and say, I think it might be time. That conversation is always a difficult one when you have it with your parents. But when mother kept putting the dish towel on the stove with the flame going, it was time to say something. And when dad's driving became suspect that he's gonna hurt himself or my mother or someone else, it was time to say, it's time to give up the license, dad. Some of you think about throwing them towel too early, you're not digging in. I give up my bus route. Now, I, I know health, and I know that, and I know sometimes we slow down, but what are you going to do? How are you going to serve God? What are you going to do? Say, well, I don't, I don't, I've done it my whole life. Well, do it some more. And when it comes time that you can't do it, let me help find the replacement. Don't you find the replacement. You might find someone that should not take that place. I'm saying tonight, you're gonna have to dig deep. Got people jumping all over the tape, over the place, all over America. I think of the preachers I talked to this week. So heartbroken. This one's moving here, this one's leaving here, this one's looking for greener pastors, this one's going to a different church, this one's quit for this, this one got mad, this one's blasting us on the email, on the Facebook and all that. I'm thinking, what in the world is God's people doing? Dig deep! Dig in the right place and dig the right depth. Look what else he says. You dig till it's completed. Verse 6, Jacob's well was there. In other words, it was completed. Mothers and dads, may I say, sometimes we watch parents start off so right with their kids. Oh, we're going to get them, in, get them dedicated. We're going to dedicate our lives. Or we're going to bring them to the nursery. And then all of a sudden you have two or three and we start to miss a little bit. And then we get them in the Christian school and it's sort of a relief because now we've got a breather. But then we find that and some last until sixth grade. And going into seventh grade, sometimes a child may want a, a different school or a different lifestyle, a different direction. And kids tell mother and dads where they're going to school. I don't get that. And so some parents capitulate and give in in seventh grade. And some give in in eighth grade. And some give in in tenth grade. My kids don't like it. They don't like the rules. Well, they don't tell you that. It's always the Lord's leading them. The Lord's, what are we talking about? 
And sometimes they get to college and mom and dad said, well, I've raised my kids. I, I, I still love the Lord, but it's, I just go Sunday school. That's all I go. Or I go Sunday morning, Sunday night. Or I go just Sunday morning. That's it. I'm a, that's it. When God saved you, he didn't give you a little bit. He gave you everything. Why are we bailing now? I can't comprehend it. I can't comprehend it. And then I want you to see number four. You dig. You dig so you can give. Verse five, Jacob gave to his son. Verse 12, art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well? What are you giving to your kids? Are you going to give your kids a Bible? That it, it looks like maybe you read it. It looks like there might be some tear stains periodically. It looks like yet God spoke to your heart of this text right here. Are, are you leaving anything to your children? A spiritual value? You dig so you can give. I want you to see quickly with me. You give so that others outside of your family can be blessed. Look at verse 9. And the woman said, uh, 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 Samaria said to him, How is it, thou being a Jew, just ask of me a woman of Samaria? For the Jews had no dealing with the Samaritans. The Jews would cross the street, you know that, walk on the other side when they came to Samaritan. The Samaritans were what they call half-breed. They were mixed race. They were part Jew. They were part Gentile. And because of that, the Jews were big in the genealogy and heritage. And because the Samaritans could not prove a clean, what they said, the Jew, a clean heritage, they were called Samaritans. They were not really Jews. They began to worship on Mount Gerizim because the Jews would not allow them at Jerusalem. And may I say that this, this Bible tells me that this woman was so, so concerned. Jesus is sitting on Jacob's well and the Samaritan woman, he says, give me to drink. And, and he talked to her and she said, why are you talking to me? Don't you know who I am? I'm a Samaritan. Jesus answered, said it, if thou knewest the gift of God, who it is that saith, give me to drink, thou wouldst ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman said, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence art thou, uh, thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well? Jesus answered, said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. And I begin to close. As I get to verse 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water I shall give him shall be in a, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jacob dug a well 2,000 years before Jesus. But Jesus just told right there that he's the well of living water. And 2,000 years ago, he provided a well of water that springs up into air, and it's still bubbling today. 
There's still water today. And this whole front this morning with people there and there and across the front up to here and over to here where Bible's open and people getting saved and asking Jesus Christ for that living water. Like the woman at the well, I was seeking for things that could not satisfy. But then I heard my Savior speaking, draw from this well that never shall run dry. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul, bread of heaven. Feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup. I lift it up, Lord, to thee. Fill it up. Make me whole. God started a well over 2,000 years ago that's been springing up into everlasting life. Won't heaven be wonderful? When we stop by and we say, when did you stop by the well up in heaven? I stopped by 1,900 years ago and tasted of that great sweet water, the Lamb of God. I, I, when did you stop by? I stopped by 1,000 years ago. When did you stop by? I stopped by in 1852, and that well of water had been springing up. And when did you stop by? Jack, I stopped by in 1956. So my brother, if the things this word gave you leave hungers that won't pass away, my blessed Lord will come and save you if you kneel to him and humbly pray. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.